0: Listen, we are um, wrapping up this morning. This is our final series, uh, final message in this series. I'll be home for Christmas. We've been doing this all December. Um, we are, this is our Christmas series, and, and it's all about the prodigal, right? We've talked about this for the last two Sundays. Um, the prodigal, it's all about based on the prodigal son story that Jesus told. And we know this, that um, we, just to recap quickly, we know that we're all prodigals, yes? Yeah. Um, I told you this in week one. When I say the church, I don't necessarily mean all of us that are here in the church. I mean mostly like people that can relate to me. I'm a rare breed, I know. Not many people nowadays can say that they were raised in church, but I was. Um, For a long time, I hated that, but I'm so thankful for that foundation now, right? But I will say this, those of us who were raised in church, we typically hear the prodigal son story like we're hearing someone else's story, don't we? Like, oh, this is that time that Jesus got everybody together and talked about how bad the world was. But it's okay, y'all, because there's hope. That's how we usually teach it and hear it, right? But I want to remind you that when Jesus was telling this story, it was the third story in a chapter of three stories. And it was all about lost things, right? There was, there was a lost sheep and there was a lost coin. And, and I want you to notice... In those first two stories, that there was somebody who went looking for what was lost. Somebody looked for the the one sheep that was lost. Somebody looked for the one coin that was lost. But when we get to this story, no one's looking. And the reason why no one's looking is because this story was actually told to people like me. It says in the first, I think the second verse of this chapter, that he told it. To Pharisees and religious leaders who were asking a very simple question. Why does Jesus hang out with tax collectors? Why does he hang out with people that are dirty and disgusting and broken? Why would he do that? And so Jesus tells this story in order to answer that question. And so I feel like the more I've studied it, the more I've taught it, I think it's much more a a parable to the older brother, right, to people like me. So we talked about how the younger brother squandered God's provision, but the older son squandered his presence. And this morning, I wanted us to talk about how God wants both of them to return. So we've talked about prodigals, and we've talked about pain. Anybody feel some pain right now? Parents are feeling the pain right now. (laughs) They're like, if you don't be quiet, you're going to feel some pain, right? Let me just say this. We, we recognize that not every parent feels calm in a family service, but at the gathering, we love having the kids hanging out with the family, right? So it's all good. Um, and now if, if the kid looks at the parent and says, psh, <laughs> that's fine too, right? So we've talked about prodigals and pain. This morning I want us to talk about a place. I want us to talk about a place. Um, I want you to know this, that there is a place at the table for all of us. And so as we come to this last message and we talk about tables and we talk about places, I want you to know there's your big idea. It's really simple. All. Everybody say all. All. All are welcome at the table. There's a place here for you. And so before we jump into that, let's, let's read the story that we've read for the last two weeks. And we don't do this all the time, but it's good to move. So why don't we stand up As we read this story let's just stand up and honor the word of god okay here we go luke chapter 15 starting in verse 11 jesus continued there was a man who had two sons and the younger one said to his father father give me my share of the estate so he divided his property between them now again i'm not going to give commentary as we read and make you stand the whole time but this was like the, the son saying i wish dad you were dead give me what's mine not long after that the younger son got together all he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living after he had spent everything there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs this was a bad job for a jewish kid he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything when he came to his senses that's what pain is for It brings us to our senses. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, come on, y'all. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, All these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends but when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home you kill the fatty calf for him my son the father said you were always with me and everything I have is yours but we had to celebrate God has to party And be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Let's pray. Father, right now in your name, I just ask God that you would take the next few moments and you would speak through me your word. We've heard it, God, and we want to receive it. We want to receive from you what you have for us today. And so we don't come with arms folded like this older brother. We're not telling you to prove anything. We just come and, and receive from you what you have for us. And I thank you that you'll deliver like you always do. In your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, you can be seated. So let's talk through this, okay, uh, just very quickly. Um, here's your first point. And it's, I, I don't want us to miss the, the practicality of this. The table is a place, okay? Like it's a physical place. The table is a place where people Come, Um, some of you are going to have family come in. Some of you are going to go see family, and you're going to at some point sit around a table, right? Now, if you're old enough, mature enough, in a really big family, you might sit at the big table, right? And there's always that awkward time. Like some of y'all are in the room right now. You're that awkward age where you you feel like an adult, but you're going to sit at the kid table. Right? But it's a place. It's an actual place. It's a place where people gather. Hungry people, hurting people, happy people, hopeful people gather around a table. It's a place of fellowship. It's a place of food, right? Sometimes it's a place of forgiveness. It's a place where we bring our doubts. It's a place where sometimes we get answers. It's a place of uncertainty. And in the best families, y'all, the table is a place of authenticity. We could just be who we are. Come as you are to the table. Um, today, Par family, we love you. right? I know today is four months from Nehemiah's passing. And, and if, a couple days after Nehemiah's passing, I found a post on Facebook that um, Casey Covington... She's here, but she wrote this, and it just resonated with me. And I saved it on that day to read today. And I just want to read it to you. She said this, before we ever stepped into the gathering, we first sat at Renee and Nehemiah's table. Thomas and I had our first, that's her husband, by the way. Thomas and I had our first conversation at that table. We learned who Jesus was and how to pray, how to let go of our past at the par table. We met our best friends, Kyle and Shannon, sitting at the table. Thomas proposed to me at the PARA table. We shared when we were expecting our children at the PARA table. And then, when Emmy and Thorne were old enough, we entrusted them to our friends at that table. For the past 10 years, this family has sat front row and held our hands through every milestone that we can remember. They have helped shape our marriage, parenting, and our walk with Christ. If I had known on July the 15th that it would be been my last conversation with Maya, I would have told him, thank you. Instead, I shared a song with him called Gratitude. We can only hope to show the hospitality that has been shown to us and create a space comparable to the PARA table. Listen, the table is a place where life happens where people come together, right? All of life, the joys and the pains happen at a place, and that place is the table. This is what the younger son walked away from, but it's what the older son worked apart from in the prodigal son. It's the place that the father calls us back to. So I don't want you to miss this. This is an important part. The place, the table is a place, but the table, second point, the table is in a place. It's it's in an actual physical location. In our story, where was the table? In the father's house. Now, we know the prodigal father, he was on the porch. He was looking every, every day. He was looking for his son to return, right? I told you this is the only story in this chapter that does not have somebody out looking for what's lost. He's on the porch looking for what's lost because the table is in a place that we have to return to. I, I, okay, I'm going to have to do a better job preaching this point. I need you to get it, especially all the older brothers. The church today, I heard um, um, uh, Robert, he, he, Robert runs West Stanley Christian Ministries. He made this statement a couple weeks ago, and we were just having a conversation. We're talking about this, this parable, and he made this, Robert Britt, he made this statement. He said, in, in the church today, we want people in the, to be comfortable in the pig slop, right? So what we do is we come and meet them in the pig slop, where they're longing to fill their stomachs, and we start giving them filet mignon through the slats, right? Oh, this is the love of God. He loves you. He's gracious to you. He wants you to be full of the best food. But here's what I want you to get. And I told Robert I would give him credit for making that statement because I just love that picture of feeding filet mignon through pig slop slats, right? Here's what I want you to get. We have a father who celebrates prodigals. We have a father who loves to party when prodigals don't, when they come home. But we do not have a father who brings the party to the pig pen. And so if if we've ever been those people, right, that made you feel so comfortable living far from God, that's not what we see in this parable. Yet the table is a place, no doubt, but it's in a place. And the only way to get to it is to return to the Father. I think sometimes we just want to make people feel really good about who they are. And they forget, as they feel good about who they are, they forget where they are. But if you're far from the Father this morning, I have good news. There's a party for you But you gotta come back to it. It's in a place, it's where the father is. I want you to notice this: that the younger son returned to that place. And the older son refused. The older son lived in that place, y'all. The father said, Everything I have is yours. I mean, if you'd wanted the calf, just tell me, I'd have I'd have killed it, I'd have killed a pig, I'd have bacon, it's yours. But, but he, he was so close to it and never went to the place. We all want the table. We all picture like family around the table and just love and all the good things. But y'all, it comes at a cost. And that cost is our willingness to repent and return to what the true older son, Jesus, purchased for us which is a place here at the table. I don't have time to go into the whole thing. That's why you are, I hope, holding a book right now that our church purchased for you called The Prodigal God by Tim Keller. It is a book that will change the way you see the story. And I hope you read it. I hope you read what Jesus did beyond even how I could explain it in this moment, right? The table is a place and it is in a place. And while it can be hard to return to that place, you know, with our head down in shame and, oh, I don't want to go back. And I hope you feel that from the younger son. He was like, I really want to go home, but I don't think I would dare go home and act like a son. So I'll just volunteer to be a slave, right? It's hard. Have you ever returned home? Have you ever gone back to the people that you disappointed? It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to do that. And the younger son felt it, but he came back. And what I want you to know is when we come back and we see the table in the Father's presence, all the shame that we feel from all the things that we've done, and we walk into a place where at a table is a name card and our name is on it. And we suddenly start to realize what Jesus meant in John chapter 14 when he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, I know, don't all the doctrinal people in the house, you're like, well, yes, blah, blah. I, I get it, right? Like, that's not about this, that's about that. Yeah, I know that John 14 is about when Jesus comes back. It's still a homecoming, y'all. He has gone to prepare a place for you. And if he's gone to prepare a place for me there, Why would he not also have a place for me here? There is a table and it is a place and it is in a place. And at that table, there is a place for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, for you. Did it surprise you to say that to them? (laughs) Some of y'all were like, for you? (laughs) I'm not so sure, right? He goes to prepare a place. I want you to see this. The the father was so ready to celebrate that the younger son didn't get to finish his speech. Right? He had this whole speech lined up. And the father cut him off. I'm using my words, right? We know what the Bible said. We just read it. He was like, hey, quick, go get a robe, go get a ring, go kill the fatty calf. My interpretation is, hey, son, shh. Stop talking. Food's getting cold. We got a party to get to. Come on, let's go. I'll, I'll, we'll robe you as we're going. Here's a ring. Put it on quick. Let's go. The fatted calf has been killed. But I don't want you to miss this, especially if you relate to this from the older brother's side. The father so wanted the older son to be at the table that what did he do? He left the celebration to go out and find the older son. To personally invite him in. That's how much the Father wants us all. Everybody say all. All. We're all prodigals. And we're all invited to our place at a table by a forgiving, faithful Father. Which brings us to this table. Um, This is a table that we had made specifically for today. Because I, I w- we were so moved by Casey's post about the power table that we made some phone calls to find out who built it. And we had to make this table because Nehemiah was the best dad I know. If there's anybody who could live out a faithful father always watching, it was Nehemiah. And I know this to be true, that if Nehemiah was here right now, he would say, Paul, stop talking about me, right? Talk about Jesus. And I think that's why it's so easy to talk about Nehemiah. Because what Casey captured in that post was Nehemiah and Renee, their table was like, I could picture that being the table of the Lord because of how they loved us. Here's what I want you, I'm going to read this because I don't want to mess this up. This is a table that will be in our lobby as a reminder of the Father's love that calls prodigals to a meal that could never be deserved or earned. A meal that Jesus died for so that it could be shared with family. There will be a verse that will hang from the end of this table that comes from Nehemiah chapter 4. Verse 14, it sums up everything about this table, everything about Nehemiah, Parah, everything about the father that he represented. And here's what the verse says. After I looked things over, and let me just quickly do a a quick preacher teach, right? So when it says after I looked things over, you have to read before this verse to see what those things are. So if you read Nehemiah chapter 4, it's a horrible chapter, y'all. It's like, we're going to get ambushed. There are, there are enemies everywhere. I think it uses words like, um, they were so afraid that every time they heard bad news, they felt it 10 times as strongly. So this was a people that were just scared out of their minds. It was bad. It was dark. There were more questions than there were answers. Can anybody relate to this? I'm your pastor, y'all, and I can relate because tomorrow is a two-month anniversary for my family. When there's more questions than there are answers, you need somebody who can stand and do what we're reading in this chapter. We need somebody who can stand, like like God stands for us, Jesus stands for us, and we were blessed in the flesh to see a man like Nehemiah, Parah, stand for us. And here's what it says, I looked and saw these things, and after I had, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people. I can just hear Nehemiah preaching, that big old beard. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. This morning, I want you to know that we are honoring a man who fought for his family because he was serving a God who comes after family. Who sets a table and says, look, it's in a place, my house. I need you to come back to my house. And I have a place at this table for you. And so this morning, that's how we're going to end. We're going to come to the table. and We're going to celebrate communion. Another thing that happens at the table with family. And some of you are going to come from a really good place right now. Your life is good. And we're so thankful, right? And some of you are going to come from a place where you're like, I don't, I don't know. And what I love about the picture of the table is that sometimes there aren't as many answers around the table as there just is the presence of people that love you. And so as you come to receive communion this morning, here's what's going to happen. We're going to play some songs. They'll be on the screen. One of them has lyrics. Feel free to sing along with it we'll have two of these breads and chalices will go that way I mean, one will go that way one will go that way and then one in the back for those of you that don't feel comfortable picking bread off yet and dipping it then there's plenty of self-prepared communion cups in the back and then, and i would if it's okay winnie and i would love the honor of serving the parra family communion around this table but I want y'all to receive communion while we do it because I'm not going to put them in a place where they feel like every eye's on them. That's not fair. So as you receive communion and we serve communion, I want this to be a place where we worship Jesus while we do it. And then when this is over with, we're just going to, the band will be back up and we're just going to finish the whole year out singing Homecoming. Because that's what this is about. And some of you are going to sing it knowing that you're watching people come home. And some of you are going to sing it in faith that people will come home. But I'm telling you, the Father is welcoming everyone to the table. There's a place for you here. Would you close your eyes? Let's prepare our hearts, and then we'll receive. Father, I thank you for the table. I thank you that it's a beautiful picture of your heart I, I just, I, it blows our religious minds, but I just picture Jesus just kicking back at a table, just relaxed. I picture his disciples uptight, not sure how to act around the king of the universe. And Jesus just diffusing it all by just loving wholeheartedly in a real way people who make mistakes and sin and don't act like they deserve to sit at the table and he just welcomes them anyway. And so I pray this morning, God, as I have for a month leading up to this moment, that we would be overwhelmed by your love for us. Not a love that ignores and sweeps under the rug all the stuff that we've done. Man, we we are sitting in a room full of people who have some self-inflicted wounds. And we have people in in this room that want to be loved by you but don't want to leave the pig pen. And I pray that this morning you would draw us back to you. That we would come wholeheartedly back to a father who never stopped loving and never stopped looking and was setting a table preparing for us to return. I pray in this moment as we receive communion, when we pinch off the bread and we dip it into the juice, I pray that we would see that Jesus is far greater than anything that would keep us from him. I pray against this older brother spirit, God, that would see the extravagant love of the father and fold his arms and say it's not going to be enough for him. And that we would receive with grace those who are returning to the table. And that we too, as good as we might think we are, pull up to that table at the place you have for us and simply receive the love of a Savior. Just before we come to the table, it's possible that you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus. You've never given your heart to him. You've never chosen to follow him. I'm telling you, all are welcome at this table, but you come through Jesus. You, come, you, you can't come to the table in all of your stuff and not care about Jesus and feel good about where you are. You come to this table repentant before him, knowing that he paid a high price to purchase a place for you here. And if you've never made that decision, then I'm going to ask you right now in this moment to make that right with Him before you come to receive. He's not bringing the party to your pig pen. He wants to bring you back to the party. So God, right now in this moment, I just ask that you would save souls far from you. And for the church crowd... I pray that you would soften hearts that have been close to you but far from you in their heart so that we can come to the table. Yeah, in your name, Jesus. Church, I'm going to ask that you would um, just allow the Parr family to come to the front first. And then as soon as y'all are seated here, I want y'all just to start going and receiving communion and listen when you're finished just make your way back to your seats and just worship okay just worship all right we're going go ahead go ahead start that video